Hello, this is your host, Jigme Keltsang, and welcome to the Jigme Keltsang Show, a podcast where I sit down and speak with singer-songwriters, musicians, sports personalities, actors, radio broadcasters, and a slew of many other professionals from a broad range of fields. In this newest conversation, Canadian country singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Jessica Sevier talks about her newest single, Legends of the Summer, Old Trickets Collection, Love for Thrift Shopping, Experience Participating in the Canadian National Exhibition Rising Star Competition, and more, as well as how she defines her music. Now, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I guess uh, it was fitting enough where we, before we even started recording, that we had to get cozy here. And I guess uh, of of having a home studio there, plus, I guess, with the, with the winter season now, um, mm-hmm. fully approached, I guess, um, it's it's got to be... I guess, how do I phrase this? I mean, it's got to be more comfortable nowadays where you're now situated at home um, in, 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 I guess, the warmth, I guess, is, is yes. how I would put it. Um, how how are you sort of keeping yourself cozy, if you don't mind me asking that? Yeah, I mean, I have a lava lamp that I always have on, which brings out like the best just warmth and like light it's orange and orange is my favorite color so it just brings like an orange room and that's the one thing that keeps me cozy in the winter lots of blankets i love sweaters and socks um when i'm at home when i'm out you know i'm wearing my full 70s get up all my my fun clothes but at home yeah you'll catch me in some fuzzy socks a big blanket uh and then you know cozying up on the couch with with my lava lamp (laughs) tell us about tell us about that 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 the yellow sort of cowboy looking hat that you that you had um because i was intrigued about like what that sort of means to you yeah um i've always just been really into fashion and accessories and all that sort of stuff i love to just you know turn heads when you walk in a room kind of thing like oh my god she's like fully dressed up and you know like just always be the best dressed in the room is something that i love to do um it just gives me so much confidence i'm a really shy person um naturally so you know to dress up and feel really good uh is something that gives me more confidence going into a room of full of people so that hat that yellow hat i mean i love the color yellow and orange um and i think it's a really bright and beautiful color so that hat is one of my favorites i love that hat i love hats in general um I don't know why. I think there's just something fun to it. It really makes your you stand out when you when you walk by and and they're really comfortable. Sometimes you're having a bad hair day and it's just like, oh, put on a hat um, and there you look better. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the story. I just collect hats whenever I find them and, and when I connect to a hat. And that's so weird, like I connect to a hat. But if I feel like it suits my personality, um, I will totally pick it up and wear it all the time. So are you more, I guess, I don't really know what the word would be, but do you sort of, I, I guess, I don't know how to really describe this, but do you, do you see yourself more as sort of like this vintage sort of collector in, in terms of like the, the route, the retro outfits and stuff like that? Totally, because, because yeah. it, it, it definitely seems like that in sort of the singles, like the cover arts of the singles that you release, it's sort of this, this different like shades and of, of different eras. Um, yeah. And then listen to your music it sounds more sort of modernish mm-hmm. um which is a it, which is also a good thing uh, mm. but it's also interesting how 
this whole i guess this now growth of vintage retro people that are that are people are starting to wear and people are starting to to listen to more vintage stuff and and retro stuff um what what is it about that that sparks a lot of interest in you that's a good question i mean i've always been really intrigued by the past if that makes sense um my grandma and I growing up would watch like Turner classic movies. And that's, I think that's probably where I got a lot of my love for, you know, vintage and classic things. Um, you know, one of my favorite movies is breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, I just love the fashion. I love like the essence of the fifties in that movie in the sixties, sorry. Um, but I don't know. I think I've always had an attraction to really interesting things and things of the past. For some reason, it's always just been like that for me. I remember when I was six years old, like begging my grandma to make me a poodle skirt because I had just watched Grease and all I wanted was a 50s poodle skirt. Um, and that's I think that's probably where it all started with with my grandma. My grandma was really into fashion and we would you know make clothes together. I'd always ask her to make me things. Um, and I think as I've grown up, I've just, just started to discover um, all different kinds of eras of, you know, vintage things. And I love to collect vintage things, um, especially clothes. I have lots of authentic clothes from the 70s and the 60s, um, but as well as like little trinkets. I collect mugs from the 70s. Um, I collect vintage Volkswagen buses. Like it's just stuff that I think is so unique and has such personality to it because not everyone is doing it. You know, it's it was popular at one point, and why can't we bring that back? You know, be unique. You know, find pull pieces from different eras, pull stories from different you know sections of life, and I think that's kind of what I love about it is that it's different, um, and it has a history, and you know everything has a story. Everything's been through something already. You know, these new trends, you know, they're cool and everything, but there's so much history and uh, creativity in the past. Is kind of how I feel about it. For sure. And I, I guess it, it, so it does really seem as though you really love to not only collect like retro stuff, but like, it, it seems like you, you've really gone out, I guess, went out of your way to, to go thrift shopping mostly um, because you don't find a lot of people who, who collect those little trinkets and stuff like that, because that's like more of like the paranormal stuff stuff things <laughs> that like you you sort of see in and and shows and stuff totally. um but like what is it about i guess thrift shopping for you that resonates with with your life and what has been like the most fascinating thing that you found while shopping around ooh that's a good question um i love thrift shopping i think one because I can go do it with my friends, like my friends and I will go have a good time doing it and sorting through tons and tons of things and um, stuff like that. My mom loves to go thrift shopping with me and she'll help me pick out outfits too. Um, yeah, like it's just such a cool thing to, to look through kind of somebody else's life kind of through the clothes and like, oh, like, I kind of imagine where who would have worn this in a past life and what they were doing in it. And I think there's a story there. Um, I think my favorite thing I've ever thrifted. I was at the CMAOs in Hamilton and there's my favorite store ever, my favorite vintage store. It's called Vintage Soul Geek. Um, if you guys hear this, shout out to you guys. You guys have the coolest clothes ever. Um, but I found this coat almost, it's like a wrap of coat, some long coat of some sort. I don't know what I'd call it, but it's, um, embroidered with gold threads. It's this beautiful black coat with gold on it. And funny enough, 
I had a matching shirt at home that I had thrifted a couple months earlier. So to me, this was like, this is calling my name. Like I've just bought the matching shirt earlier. How did I find two pieces that are look like they're from the same set? So of course I had to buy that. So it felt like it was meant for me. It was made just for me and it fits me perfectly. And it is my favorite thing that I've ever thrifted because it is just so cool that it matched a shirt that I had bought a couple months earlier. And oh, it was just such a cool experience to find something that felt like it was made for you. Final records. Do you collect them? I do. Yes, I have many, many vinyl records. Um, I used to go every Sunday to the record store um, when I was a teenager and pick out a new record. Uh, they're just so fun to listen to. Do you do you mind sharing your your vintage vinyl collection? It's not here. It is if it's it's upstairs in my room, but um, some of my favorites would probably be uh, Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Nothing Matters But What If It Did, John Mellencamp. I actually love Olivia Newton-John. Um, so her album, Totally Hot, I have that on vinyl, and it's probably one of my favorites, too. If I could show you a bunch, I would, but they're just not in this room with me. <laughs> For sure. Well, I mean, I, I collect a lot of records on my of, of my own here. I went record shopping yesterday at uh, Valley Village. Mm -hmm. and, oh, um, amazing. Uh, I mean, they have for people who are unfamiliar with valley village it's probably you're probably not going to get the best records there just because it's more of a thrift store you probably want to go to an actual um i guess an actual record store to to mm -hmm. find records but i went on i went yesterday to to go see records just to see what, what was out there and i had this one one vinyl record that came came right to me um and it was patty page's record um with her uh, hits uh mockingbird hill and tennessee waltz um Amazing. and it was a song that like i didn't know before because someone else recommended me to listen to it and as soon as i listened to it i was like that's one of my favorite songs now and then so now i'm like it's hard to find vinyls that are like patty page and and mm -hmm. stuff like that nowadays but finding it i was like I'm I'm taking that that one. That's that's yeah. a definite yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just find these gems and you're like, oh my god, like I need to take this home. Funny thing, I I was actually I I had seen uh, Carol King's tapestry, um the but the only problem was I don't know I don't I don't like how people do this but like some people just take the CD alone, and they'll leave the cover um, art behind. Right. So I had I found the tapestry uh, vinyl, but people took the CD out of it. And and it's just a cover art. I was like, oh, and man. like, why do you do that, man? If you're just gonna take yeah. the CD, take the cover art with you. Just yeah, that's such a that ruins it for somebody else when they come and they thought they found this vinyl and then it's oh it's gone. They took the record. Oh, thanks. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes record like I mean I think vintage shopping and thrift shopping in general it can be hit and miss. Um, sometimes you go and you find nothing or there's something that you love but there's a rip in it or like it's kind of the same thing like sometimes you can be disappointed with what you find but you know the other times you find the coolest things ever so you kind of have to go in with a mindset of well i could find something really cool but if i don't next time what's the coolest thing that you've ever found um definitely that coat is super cool um that's such a hard question i mean I was on my way to a gig once and I had stopped to get some food and I went into the store and I found these Volkswagen buses sitting there. 
Um, and I said, I, I collect little Volkswagens because I drive a Volkswagen. I've always driven Volkswagens. I love them. I actually got to do an event for them uh, this summer, uh, which was super cool. I got to partner with them, um, which kind of came full circle because I love Volkswagen. Uh, but yeah, I found this little vintage looking uh, Volkswagen bus and it was blue. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And it was like 10 bucks. I was like, I can't pass this up. I had stopped here on a whim on my way to a gig to sign. I got it. I got to pick it up. So now it's sitting on a Volkswagen bus on top of a Volkswagen bus in my little collection. There's a few of them in that little corner, but that was really cool to see and find on my way to a show. For sure. And talking about shows, um, I didn't know this about you, but you sort of joined a competition show. Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess multiple competition shows because it was interesting enough where you you went on this um, competition show called The Shot, mm -hmm. uh, remastered in 2020. But then you also did this Canadian National Exhibition Rising Star competition. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like? Because I I know that competition show like inside and out because mm -hmm. I've I've seen it while being there. Uh, oh, what, what what was it like participating in, in in that competition and what did you learn from it I guess yeah so both of those things they were both during COVID which was really interesting um it was 2020 we were all locked at home and I had auditioned for these things and I got in and we were all stuck at home so it was kind of like what do we do here so it ended up all being like video based and you like submit things um which was super cool and everything was like zoomed uh so on the shot it was really cool i got to you know perform and, and we do like little tasks tasks and competitions throughout the thing and i ended up actually getting to meet a lot of the people afterwards once the restrictions were kind of lifted and we all went on a songwriting retreat together which was really cool um and the cne competition i wish that was more in person because i didn't really get to do much with it it was you know record a video and send it in and you know people watch the videos and they got to do that so um i think i learned a lot about you know what goes into a performance and how to make it interesting online you know especially just a video um because you know when you're in person watching a live show there's so much energy in that room and you're like oh my god this is great um but you know, on a video, you have to really try um, because you're not able to connect with someone one on one in a room. Um, so I think I learned a lot about, you know, performing to a camera, <laughs> which is which is a, an interesting skill, but I think it will come and help uh, come in handy in the future, you know, when things become, you know, more digital and, you know, in the technology age we live in, who knows what things are going to be like in the future. So I think it was a really cool experience to learn that, um, you know, to be prepared for things, you know, especially like Zoom interviews. I got to learn how to use Zoom and, uh, you know, Zoom writing. I do a lot of writing with other artists over Zoom. So um, I think it really helped me, you know, advance in the career where I already knew kind of what was going on. Um, but it was a really cool experience. I got to meet some cool people and talk to some cool people and, you know, some more people heard my music. So that's all about really for sure and you know and also i feel like things like that sort of help you sort of connect with other people in the yeah. industry as well um like most recently i had this uh, i was just scrolling through instagram and and social media uh, like it can be a very negative place or it can be a very positive place um yeah. because it's a mix of both um and when I'm scrolling through Instagram and, and I'm like looking through different people that I want to bring on my show 
and I'm like scrolling through, seeing if there's any interesting people that I, that I would love to talk with. Mm-hmm. Then I stumbled upon this person that I had already a connection to before because of another person I had on on the show, uh, mm-hmm. who's a friend of hers. Um, I looked at her Instagram and I said, "Who is this lady, and why is she fascinating?" Yeah. Um, come to find out, she co-wrote Celine Dion's Courage. She co-wrote uh, Celine Dion's Flying on My Own. Um, she's co-written a lot of songs for Eminem. Um, wow. And so I reached out to her. I actually reached out to my one of my friends that I had on the show and I said, I would love if you could kindly send me your uh, contact info. I would love to get in touch with her and have her on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she directed me towards her and she said that she'll reach out to me um, and that she would love to be on the show. Then she reached out to me and uh, she's a little bit busy right now, but she says in the new year, she'll come on because she wants to have um, a huge, I I guess, a good chat about things that are upcoming in her career um, and projects that she's having out. Um, So with that being said, I guess talking about projects, you have a new single out called Legends of the Summer. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us about that song and and what does it mean to you? Yeah, Legends of the Summer. It was a song that I got pitched by some amazing writers, uh, Karen Kosowski, Emily, Jessica Kane, and Maddie Walker. They wrote this song and it came across my inbox and I opened it and I think I like to say it was love at first listen um, because I really found that I could hear myself in the song. I could hear the influences of, you know, some Eagles guitar, some 70s rock, some, you know, more modern rock, but then also it had that baseline of um, modern pop country which, you know, is is definitely very commercial. And I thought, well, maybe I can add a little bit of my own spice into this and still have it go to mainstream radio um, and still kind of, you know, connect to a variety of listeners. Um, so I think that's exactly what it did. I brought it to my producer and I said, this is what I want. I want it to, I want octave guitars. I want it to sound like we just stepped out of 1977 kind of thing. Um, and he was really receptive, receptive to that. Um, and really took my vision to life. Uh, Matt Cable is his name, a good friend of mine um, who produced this song. And he really took my vision and rolled with it. And I couldn't be happier with how it, how it came out. Um, some incredible musicians played on it. And yeah, the whole production of the song was went so smoothly and it was exactly what I wanted it to sound like. Um, I felt finally something that sounds just like me, exactly how I wanted it to um, sound. And I think the song itself, um, to me, when I hear the song, it's like a badass song. It's, you know, it's about heartbreak. It's about love. It's about, you know, feeling so legendary in a relationship. Um, you know, it, it might come to an end. It might all crash down in flames. But for that one moment, you were so legendary and nothing could have touched you. Um, so to me, the song is empowering. It's, you know, looking back on past loves and feeling empowered that that happened and you had that feeling at one point in your life um and i think a lot of people have been able to relate to that so the song um has done really well and i'm really really proud of it um and i can't wait for more people to listen now that i'm talking about it they might find something interesting in it for sure and i guess uh, as as we're as we're speaking about um legends of the summer i would love to play a snippet of that song if you don't mind me playing Perfect. that song yeah all right I'm 
Well, that was Jessica Sevier's newest single, Legends of the Summer, that you were just listening to. Um, it's kind of interesting where it's sort of this, as as we we're talking about, about before we even started recording about how this song sort of is like Lady A vibes, where it gives you this 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 fusion of country, but like also this fusion of rock and influenced uh, based as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also speaks to the volumes of what we were talking about earlier about your love for vintage and sort of collecting the trinkets and stuff like that and and the retro themed sort of mm. um, outlook on it. And you sort of said that to me, Legends of the Summer is a song reminiscing on first loves when everything feels so intense. The euphoria of teenage romance makes you feel unstoppable, even legendary, until mm. it falls apart. This song unravels the rose-colored ideals we have in the back of our minds from those times. I think we all know that these relationships aren't real life. It's a freedom we will never have again. And that is what makes young love so legendary. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- hearing that back and sort of, and listening to that track, um, w- what are you most proud of um, from creating that song? And and what was it like? I, I, I guess, what was it like making that song? Um. I think it definitely brought a lot of emotion to the table for for me to sing it, you know, like I've definitely loved and lost and experienced a lot of um, teenage romance and unstoppable love that you think is going to last forever. I've had my heart broken a few times and I think um, I tried to really portray that in the vocals and, you know, tried to give everything I had into this song. There's a sense of urgency I feel with this song. It's like you're reaching and reaching for this feeling that you're never really going to feel again. and um, I really hope that people can hear that, um, the urgency that is kind of pushed throughout the song. Um, yeah, creating the song was just so magical. Even creating the video um, was really, really beautiful. I got to, you know, go to this vintage house um, and film these scenes in, in my, you know, thrifted outfits. And I really felt the music that day. I really felt proud of my work. I felt like finally something was coming together that really seemed like myself and I could really portray my myself to the world in a in a truthful way. Um, so I think going with a vulnerable song like Legends of the Summer, which you don't think it would be a vulnerable song when you hear the title, but um, I think in the words it really is a vulnerable song when you when you pick it apart. Um, and I think to do that, really bring myself into it was was really special, and I really hope people can see that and hear that. Um, and I think people are connecting with it because it has done so well for me and. Um, I think it was just a beautiful experience overall to create the song for sure. Well, I guess also talking about um, what you want people sort of to take away from it. Here's something that you said about that. And you said, I hope my fans can see my growth in myself as an artist. Legends is a project where I really stay true to myself and brought in lots of inspiration from the 70s. Guitar are reminiscent of the Eagles vintage visuals and raw vocals as well. I hope this song brings little badass attitude to all my fans i like to say uh, we're starting our legend era where we strive to find our best selves and once again live like we are legends of the summer Mm -hmm. um so i guess when i listen to music and stuff like that and i'm like really examining someone's song and you know when you first listen to it you start to think about well you you don't think about anything at all when you first Mm -hmm. listen to it it takes a couple lessons to really understand the story behind it because you can just listen. I think there's a difference. I think you can listen to a song just for the sake of listening to it. Mm-hmm. Then number two is you can listen to a song and start to examine it. Mm-hmm. 
then number three is then you can sort of the third listen is sort of okay i get it yeah i totally like, agree with that like like when sort of when when i guess when you listen to it when you get the finished product back Mm-hmm. And you and you get the opportunity to listen back to that to that finished product. What what stood out to you uh, about the song? That's a really good question. I think honestly, I think a lot of artists will agree with me on this. Is when you finally get that song back, you've heard it so many times that you are listening in such detail that you will pick apart the smallest tiny things in the song when you listen back to it, like. I know the song like the back of my hand at this point. I've sang it a million times. I've been in the studio for hours listening and perfecting this song. So honestly, to me, when I get a song back, I'm listening for anything that's not perfect, anything that's you know not working for me. And I'm always trying to find the negative, which I think is definitely something that artists struggle with is always just picking apart their work and it's hard to be really proud of something until you feel like it's perfect. Um, but I think getting back my perfect uh, mix and my perfect final product, I listened to it and I felt really, really proud that I was able to, you know, not succumb to a mold that I didn't want to be in. You know, I really felt, wow, this really is truthful to the music that I love and the sound that I really want. Um, and I also think, you know, wow, I could really feel the emotion in this song, even after listening to it a thousand times. Um, which is something that's really special. And I think, you know, even now I, it's been out for, um, you know, eight months. So listening back now, I still feel the emotion in the song, um, which I think is truly beautiful because I've heard it so many times. And I think even performing it these days, I still perform it with the same emotion that I've had the whole time I've sang this song because it is such a powerful song to me. Um, and I think the words just mean so much. And um, I do think it, as you said, it takes a couple listens to really understand what's going on in the song. But I think that's what makes a really good song is that it's really nice and light on the, on the first listen. And you're like, that, I can listen to that again. And then as you listen, you kind of fall deeper into, oh, wait, like, wow, this is kind of cool. I'm kind of feeling something now. Um, and I think that's what makes a really good song. So I'm, I'm super proud that the song does that. Sure. And I guess what's when when you're sort of in the process of creating music and stuff and you sort of go through this this whole um this whole examination of of a project that you create, um what's what's the most difficult uh, part of it that you sort of take away from this whole creative process, I guess? I think especially with a song like this that was pitched to me that I didn't write, um definitely something is like connecting to the words that are written on the page. Luckily, it was pretty easy for me. I felt like I connected this to this song well. But, um, you know, it is tough to, you know, put yourself in those writer's shoes and imagine what they were thinking this song was going to be like. So that's definitely one of the tougher parts of, you know, taking a song that from another artist that wrote it. Um, but also, I think with any song, you know, finding the right groove or the right um, you know, vibe for a song is always the hardest part, you know, you want it to be one thing, but maybe the song isn't structured in that way, and it's meant to be some other way, and you might fight the creative differences with somebody else, but I think that's probably the hardest part of writing a song is, you know, how am I going to present this to the world? What package can I put this in for it to sound um, the way I want it to, basically? Um, and I think having the right people to work with, Matt, you know, on this song, Matt Cable, definitely didn't fight me on what I wanted was like, I see your vision, let's do it. 
but there has been, you know, some instances where I'm making music and my producer's like, I don't think that's the right idea. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, like, let's, let's figure it out. Let's, let's do that. Um, so I think having, you know, people who really get your vision are, is really important part of the creative process. For sure. And I guess this, this whole thing about, I guess, the, the creative process is especially like when you watch a TV show, like, um, Songland, for example, and, um, who features Ryan Tedder, um, Shane McAnally and, um, Esther Dean, um, I think that's what her name is. Um, and it's so interesting how I was listening to, I was watching the BB Rex episode mm -hmm. and it was the episode where she wanted an anthem for the Tokyo Olympics. Um, and she wanted something that makes you want to go harder, makes you want to push for the gold. Um, mm -hmm. and this, this artist named Anna Graceman came out with a song called gold. Um, and her melody was amazing. Um, but the hook was all in the wrong places where, it didn't it didn't really sort of it doesn't it doesn't punch you in the face enough yeah you know it's it's you need to, sometimes you need a song where especially for the olympics um you got to you got to make it a little bit more grimier you got to make people make people feel like it's an mm -hmm. olympic song and make people feel like it's in their veins you know mm -hmm, totally. um and so it was interesting how B Rexel was sort of just just mentioning I would love like some like dirty electric guitar in there or some like dirty grimier drums in there to make mm -hmm. people feel like there's now an elevated sort of sound to this song. And now it's like, now I feel like I'm a winner, you know, mm -hmm. now I feel like I can now push for that gold and, yeah. and go over the top. Um, and so as we're talking about the whole creative process, I guess, when, when do you feel like when you, I guess when you pitched a song, and that's the thing. I feel people don't understand that process of like, yeah. you know, it, it songs that people write um, are typically not originally written by them. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody else writes it, then they just pitch it to other artists. Mm -hmm. And if it speaks to them, they'll take it and, and they'll cut it. If it doesn't, then they just move on and, and pitch it to other people and see if they would take it. Um, but for Legends of the Summer, when you were pitched that song, um, why did it speak volumes to you? Yeah, I think, um, as I said, love at first listen, there was, I could, I could hear myself in the song. Um, you know, I loved the vibe that it was giving. The demo was really, really good. Um, they always say, don't get stuck in demoitis, you know, don't fall in love with a demo because it's just a demo. Um, and, and really listen to the, the context of the song. But I think to me, the context was there and the love for the demo was there and I was I could hear exactly what needed to happen to the song I could hear the guitars I could hear the drums I could hear myself on it like singing it I could hear my vocals you know in the song and I think that was really important I felt a connection with it so I could it wasn't going to be all that hard for me to you know sing it and really feel like I was emoting the song properly um so I think those are all you know aspects of why I said yes um everybody on my team liked it and was like this could be the perfect transition song from pop country to rock country which i'm really excited to be doing we have some really really cool things that were in the works right now that's leaning more into that rock country vibe that legends kind of dips its toes into so i think that was those are all reasons why we took it you know it was true to who i was and it was a great transition song the lyrical content was there and i love the writers on the song and i've worked with them before so it was just incredible to be able to get another song from them that was just so good 
Sure. And like, I guess clarifying this whole genre thing, um, because I feel that's an interesting conversation that, to have, um, I guess, just briefly going over it <clears throat> for people who don't understand. Like, to me, I, I look at country and people ask me, like, do you think country is still country? And I'm like, yeah. And in what terms though you know like yeah. it it depends on how you look at it because everyone has a different perspective on it but for me i look at it as country is no longer your traditional steel guitar country anymore totally it's now more of the fusion of country pop now it's it's more mainstream based of what you're seeing on the radio yeah. um and same thing with uh, like i can mention this all day long about how taylor swift was um people say well is she still country? No, she's not no. country. She yeah. grew up with country roots because she had her first start in Nashville. That's how people get their starts. Yeah. They go to Nashville. Um, they go to Bluebird Cafe. That's where they start all their gigs from. Um, or wherever you're starting your gigs, you start somewhere. Um, for her, coincidentally, she started in Nashville. So now people in Nashville are, are country singers. Well, she started country, but now she's pop. Like... Mm -hmm eventually you're starting to see people transition into different lanes of music like Cassidy Pope who won the voice and she was country now mm -hmm. she's shifted over um I think she openly talked about it. she's like she shifted over from country to more of a rockish type music mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's no longer country well it yeah. is but like not in the not in like the fully based sort of country mm -hmm. um because in, in terms of your music it's more of like it's not like it is country-ish, mm -hmm. but it's more of like the rockish, popish sort of influence yeah. based totally. um, that I find interesting about this whole genre thing. Um, and we can go all day long about it, but mm -hmm. um, we don't have enough time to talk about uh, all of the things. But it's it's been a pleasure to be able to to explore this new track with you and Thank and you. to just to see a, a lot of your I guess influence based uh, stuff and. Um, also seeing your home studio, I've I've, I've got to say, um, what is that room beside you? Is that like a? This is my laundry room. <laughs> so it's not that interesting. I really just have you know like my pianos and I have um, you know my mics and it's kind of where I store all my stuff for gigging. Um, and I have a desk here where I can sit and record vocals. I mostly only really record vocals here, um, you know, to send out to producers and send out to people who are doing my demos and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'll do a little bit of demoing here with like my, my little pads or, you know, like an actual piano or my guitars. Um, but mostly it's just me and this guy. I'm singing most of the time and sending it to people. For sure. And what is the poster? Tell us about that poster. This poster here, this is a Bruce Springsteen concert poster. Uh, from New York. Um, I am a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, so I love to surround myself in my studio with um, musicians that I love that inspire me. On this side of my studio here, I have a Johnny Cash poster. Um, I also have a big Van Halen poster on, on the wall behind where you can't see, but I just love to fill my space with, you know, people who inspire me. Uh, so, you know, if I'm sitting here and I'm feeling stuck, I can be, well, oh, oh Brucey got me over here. He, he, he did this. He was here too once. And um, I kind of just have to reset my mind to, you know, think of all the great that I've been inspired by. And I'm really trying to find that inspiration again.
For sure. Well, we've reached the end of our time together, but thank you so much for, for speaking with thank me. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be able to to explore everything that we did. Um, mm. to, to those who made it this far into the episode, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Canadian country singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Jessica Sevier. To reach Jessica, you can connect with her on all social media platforms. You can find her. Um, for more info, visit jessicasevier.com um, for more information about what she's doing and upcoming tour dates and stuff like that. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, feel free to share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on all social media platforms. I've been your host, Jigme Kaltzang. Thanks for tuning into the show.